Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key over 21 years ago. We've had students in over 65 countries during that period of time. We are interviewing um, a bunch of inventors to celebrate our 50,000 subscribers. The fact that we're hitting 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and we're just bringing on different inventors to tell their stories and where they are with things. Um, so you may, may, may you think on some different topics, whether you want a license or whether you want to venture, what people are going through. And today we have Todd Miner on and he has a product called the gift. I had to look at a gift, gift. I want to say gift of gab, but it's gift grab game. And I can say, having done invent right for the last 21 years, inventors, it's hard to meet an inventor that's not passionate about their ideas, but when you have inventors that are doing games, especially games you play with your family and friends, they take it to a whole nother level because when they when game inventors play the game with their friends and family, the friends and family get involved, they're very encouraging and they're very positive about it. And man, sometimes those inventors are like have the highest energy you can imagine. Um, Todd, have you felt like that at times? Like you're just like, I really, really believe in this and that did it did your family and friends have something to do with it because you were playing it with them? Yeah, absolutely. The, the reason I started uh, this the gift grab game is because I was playing it with family, and we have a large family that plays during the holidays. And so we had about 17 people um, each year, and, and we play it together. And we found that we became that some of us are too smart, and we tried to you know get around the, the game and try to bend the rules and cheat a little bit to get what we wanted. And so um, I decided to come up with something that was fair for everyone and a little bit more fun. So this game includes a, a dice, a, uh, a squishy dice that you roll. And depending on what it ends up rolling to, you can either keep your gift, trade your gift, or return your gift back to the table. And, uh, and so it adds the element of chance to it. So you really can't you know, manipulate the game too much. It has, it has cards too. Yeah, it's got some cards uh, numbered 1 through 25, and on the other side, they're just uh, the numbers. Got and it. And so that tells you what order you, you your, your gifts are, are traded in. Got it. Got it. So is it accurate to say it's a variant of the – we? my family call it White Elephant. We've been doing it about six years, seven years or so. Didn't do it before then. Is that what it is essentially? Yeah, it is essentially the White Elephant, but it's standardized. Um, I found through my research that a lot of people have different rules. Oh, yeah. Like how many times something can be traded and if you can trade it at the end or not. So there, there you know, so there's some info. Oh, and it changes every families. year. Somebody goes, no, that's not the rules. It's part of the fun. You argue about the rules, right? Exactly. You yeah. argue about the rules. So, so in this case, <laughs> the rules are clearly printed right on the back of the box. So there's no arguing about um, about how to play. It's a standardized version, basically, that anybody can just pick up and start playing without having to discuss the rules or, or what happens. Now you had a little promo reel that I saw on your website. So let's uh, let's take a look at that real quick. We'll come right back. So here we go. Sure. Let's take a look. <laughs> Thank you. 
we're back. That was fun. I mean, in that video, mostly you were just showing the fun nature of it. You didn't get in all the details and all that. Um, but you and I talked about it. it's kind of a it's a white elephant deal with some structured rules, which has been a problem in our my family. Yes. <laughs> There's been lots of arguing. I think to be I said it's kind of a fun aspect of it. It kind of isn't actually a little bit. You, you don't want to like start arguing with your family on Christmas, right? Right, exactly. Um, so yeah. I, I I like this. I think my family needs this. Yeah, um, yeah. So so this particular product you're you're venturing. You have it on Amazon. You don't have any retail distribution. Um, doing very small quantities. Then you have another barbecue product that I think you're licensing. Um, mm -hmm. And so this one, you said you you were trying to manufacture it yourself. Then you decided to license. Then you came back to manufacturing it yourself. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Yes. Okay. I did manufacture it myself, literally in my garage for a little while. And then I found a supplier that could make them because the dice originally was made out of wood which is right here, originally made out of wood. And I found that it's too hard, it's too difficult to manufacture, um, and it costs too much. So uh, we went with the foam, which is uh, lighter and, and more fun, and you can throw it at people and it doesn't hurt anything, you know? So, um, but yeah, we did start out doing it myself, and then I found a manufacturer to make them, and then just kept on going down the path, and now... Yes, it's fully manufactured and uh, will be available in stores and on Amazon, things like that. Well, and that's going to be quite a new thing for you because right now it's on Amazon. You're doing very pretty low qualities, quantities, not qualities. It looks like good yes. quality product. Um, <laughs> right. and, and what's the timeline on that? It's been two years, you know, so this isn't like something it's, it's hard to do this overnight. You're working with a gentleman that you said was a dual citizen, U.S. and China. You're getting this made over there in what you said, sample quantities. Uh, but you're still making some profit on Amazon. Um, and you don't have any major cash flow issues because this is a pretty low, it's a printed product. Um, at this point, you don't. If you got huge volumes, you would, right? right. If you got a big right. store order, it'd be like a whole nother story than doing small, small quantities on Amazon. Um, yes. But this one, you're looking, you're looking to continue to venture it. If you got a good licensing deal on the table, would you, would you still do that with a toy company or a game company? Yeah, depending on what kind, of, what kind of an agreement it would be, um, I'm totally open to licensing. Licensing, and in fact, I tried to license it before I went on my went out myself and and self ventured. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of licensing. Um, I've got another product, a barbecue product that I'm I'd like to license, and I've actually licensed a product before, um, a completely different product, but the company that I licensed with went out of business and they oh, cut the no. contract off. And I got a real bad, uh, real bad deal with that. So that, that happens. Well, what's the real bad yeah. deal? They stopped selling it, right? If the contract's set up right, they stopped selling it. What? Yeah, the problem was that we had a minimum order uh, quantity in, or a minimum uh, quantity in the agreement. Yeah. And they weren't going to uh, adhere to that. They didn't want to pay that minimum amount that right. they were supposed to pay. Oh, for okay. The they didn't. They didn't make good on what they, they said they good. would. But because of that, you got it back. They defaulted on the licensing agreement and you got it back. So that's the good part of it. You set up yeah. the licensing agreement, right? Bad part of it is they didn't, they're going out of business. They didn't, uh, didn't meet their uh, criteria set up in the contract with minimum guarantees. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, this, is a, this is a fun product. I think it's a really fun product. I want to encourage people down below in the description. 
Um, we're just coming into summer right now. So, um, but that was one of the problems that you had when you tried to license this, you said, is that it was seasonal. They didn't know where to place it in the store. So right. whether it's the Christmas area or is it the game area? And, and you got some feedback from some potential licensees is that's why they weren't interested. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, it's kind of a, it's a limbo. Um, you know, do you, do you call it a game or do you call it a Christmas item? And there's actually not a lot of companies out there who manufacture just for Christmas. Um, so there are gaming manufacturers, but they don't want to put it in the game section because it's really for Christmas. So, yeah, it's you, kind of you might fun. end up when you try to get distribution in stores having the same problem yourself. Maybe stores will have that same perception. Well, we don't know how this will do in the Christmas aisle or we don't know how. So you might want to find some. Uh, products that have been successful, maybe sold in the Christmas aisle or during Christmas, other products, and go, well, this and this did well. Because now a good qualified buyer will remember these things. But sometimes these buyers, they move around different categories and get a new buyer and they just don't remember what happened two or three years ago. So that might be my advice if you're trying to get uh, some retail distribution and they have the same hesitations that the some you were trying to license to a manufacturer had. That might be yes. something to do. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the of when I was trying to license it, I did go to all the stores and I looked to see what different brands and different companies were manufacturing Christmas products. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that nowadays it didn't used to be this way, but nowadays the big stores like Walmart and Target they have their own brand and they manufacture all of the Christmas items under that one brand. Yeah. So Target has their brand and Walmart has their brand, and they do the same thing for Halloween and Easter too. So in but, order to get into that store, you'd really have to license it under that store's brand. Hmm. But then that might be a tough one, too, because house brands, they typically just want to reduce cost in generic items like wrapping paper and bags and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah. and they're not really into doing innovative stuff. That's not always true. But house brands are like a Target brand or Walmart brand, definitely way less likely to license an innovative product or something that doesn't have a, a track record. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and that's what I found out. But I also don't want to just jump into Walmart because I don't want to get a PO for 500,000 units. You know, I wouldn't be able to handle that. So well, they my won't plan give it to you to either. Out, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my plan is to start out smaller and build up. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm doing now by starting with Amazon and then moving into some small mom and pop stores and uh, some catalogs and things like that. Yeah. And then maybe eventually work up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were passionate enough about it. You're like, if somebody want to license, I'm going to venture it. So far, it's been very low cost for you. I talked to other folks. I interviewed um, Mike the other day, and he spent a quarter million dollars on patents when he was venturing it and, and insane wow. amounts of money. And um, so at this point, you're able to keep your costs really low. I think because it's a printed product, you got the dice, but it's a foam yep. squishy, so it's not too bad. But mm -hmm. um, that's going to change. So, yep. uh, you know, you, you, you can't venture a product with $10,000 on any serious level. But you're, you're, you're kind of doing that right now on the level you are with this particular product. It's possible. So, yeah, I think that's, that's cool that you're able to do that. And you're really passionate about it. And you're like, well, I couldn't license it, so I'm going to venture it. Now, other times, you wouldn't do that every time, I'm assuming. Because, no. some t you know, a lot of our InventRight students like, okay, I couldn't license this, but I, I put it in the closet. I'll reach out to all the same companies eight months later. Maybe I'll get somebody with different perspective. It happens all the time. Yeah. And I'm going to move on to my next product. So it completely change your business model just because you couldn't 
license it isn't something I advise everybody to do. But they're both viable means for bringing a product to market. And you were able to do this one. A lot of ones you can't. You need 50, right. 100K, easy, just to get started. This one, yeah. you could do it. You're a game inventor. You're inventing other stuff too. But man, you just probably got, get so much encouragement for your family because you played it with them is my guess. And yeah. if that drives you to being successful with venturing this, you know, good on you. Um, yeah, you need a support. Yeah, system. inventors don't always have that in other, other categories because they're, they're inventing it and they're sharing it with their family, but they're not, the family isn't playing with it and using it every, all the time, you know? And mm-hmm. so yeah. that's, that's good. It's nice to have support from your family. Yeah, and and even I, I sold some at a at a uh, uh, convention a uh, a trade show for um, holiday products. It's mm-hmm. the, was the largest one in the U.S. And that I I took a bath. I lost I lost a lot of money doing that, but I didn't do it in the in the hopes of selling. I was doing it for feedback. I, I looked mm-hmm. at it as a feedback type of exercise, and I was able to talk to strangers, people I don't know that weren't my family or friends or anything. And they gave me direct feedback because I showed it to them, you know, physically and they can tell me, Oh, I like this or I don't like this. So then I was able to come back and make some changes and tweak it and then come out with a new version. So, mm-hmm. um, that was totally worth it. Loved it. And it was a lot of fun. So, well, you know, and another thing that people don't understand about, uh, games quite often is, uh, quite often you don't need to file a, even a provisional patent on it. Um, copywriting the rules is very strong. If somebody on Amazon came out with your game and copied your rules, like word for word, which copycats on Amazon do that sometimes, Amazon would take that down pretty quick. But if you're debating somebody about a patent, they'll be like, ah, that's debatable. But when somebody violates your, if they use your same trademark, gift grab game, I can't get it right. Gift, I also want to say gift to gab. Gift grab game. <laughs> you could you could just you could they would go, okay, we're taking this knockoff off, or if they copyright the rules. So the intellectual property on a game is is really nice. Um, yes. Yes, and, and I got the I got the you're exactly right. I did I copyrighted the the instructions, so that's covered. Um, everything else really isn't patentable anyway. A lot of games aren't patentable. Mm-hmm. So going down the patent route really isn't necessary. Plus, um, you know, whenever, you, in my mind, if you're going to patent something, you have to have the funds available to defend it if you ever go to court. So, it, you know, it, if, you're, if you have a, a, something that's worth 100000 or more, yeah. um, do you have the funds to take someone to court if, if they infringe yeah. on your patent? Even if you license to a big toy company and they're blowing it out big, they they have to be making a certain amount of money before they're going to um, go run around suing people. And they're not right. even going to do that. They're going to send a cease and desist. Now, the upside yeah. there, which I talked to some, another interview that I did recently, the upside there is they're really big. And that little guy that's knocking them off is going to pay attention to that cease and desist order, which costs them next to nothing. But they might not pay attention to you if you're trying to venture it. So that's one advantage of licensing it. Um, yes. But, you know, people don't tend to knock you off until you're doing really well already anyway, especially yeah. with a game like this, you know. Right, um, right. So at some point, you know, if you start to get some traction, you start to have cash flow issues, you might want to jump over to licensing if you can get the right deal on the table with a big company that's like, this is the commitments we're going to make. And they make good commitments with big decent minimum guarantees and uh-huh. you just, you know, and so that might be something you can jump over to, or you can you raise enough money and keep doing it yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm open to, I'm open to, to any avenue. 
But what, what you're going to encounter is there's a massive difference between selling on Amazon and dealing with brick and mortar retailers. Huge, you know, yeah. and cash yeah. flow and stuff like that. So you'll, but you're going to find out you're up for it, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know if you have the finances for it, but um, like yeah. you said, if you got a giant order from Walmart, you, you'd be screwed. You couldn't yeah. do that. But you're not yeah. going to do that, and they're not going to give it to you anyway because, you know, they've ruined too many small companies that way right. where that inventor completely depends on that order. And if they pull it at any point, which they will if it doesn't sell, then the inventor is like bankrupt and they're on the street. You know, yes. so they, they don't they don't do that anymore because they got a bad rap for that. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's on them, but it's really on the entrepreneur mostly. They made that decision. Right. Know? So I think your strategy getting out small and scaling up is, is smart. And you've yeah. got that drive because you're a game inventor. Oh, yeah. You're an inventor I, I, of other things, well, too. But we, we had to design this, too. I mean, it all had to be developed before I started selling two years ago. So this has actually been about four years in, in the making. Um, but, the, but the interesting thing about my predicament is that it's, it's only sold at Christmas. So it's not a game that you can sell throughout the year. I have one shot. You know, come October, we got to start selling. Well, and that's really hard because let's say there's another seasonal vendor, right? And they have relationships with buyers at big retailers. They're going to get the FaceTime. It's going to be hard for you to get that FaceTime and they've forgotten about you when the next year rolls around. So you have to fight and scratch tooth and nail to get their attention being a one skew, one product company. You have to do that far, far in advance. But you can do it. But it's just that's the hard part. If you license to that big seasonal vendor and they're they're just in they're in the rotation with meetings with the buyers there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you're going to continue to venture you're, and you do get distribution at retail, um, you're going to work really hard to get that. So you'll be like, oh, I created this distribution, these relationships. Maybe I should come up with some other stuff that fulfills that same channel, you know, yes. because you've worked so hard to create those relationships. And to be honest, any after any decent amount of time, they're going to demand it because they'll be like, OK, this guy's just got one product after a while. They'll be like, anything else? No. OK, bye. You know, yeah. but doesn't mean you can't get in with one product with when you're venturing. You can, but it's it's hard um, yeah. and uh, and you need to hit it, hit it way, way ahead of time. But yeah. I think there are other there are other examples of game inventors like card games and stuff. They've really blown it up pretty big with venturing it. And I've seen some distribution in Target. I've seen some of those products in Target. They'll typically yeah. take it on after it's gone bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. the there's a resurgence with I don't know if it will continue after COVID, but during COVID puzzles and card games and Huge. things like was is taken off. Yes. Well, it seemed, it seemed to be a trend that was already kind of increasing a little bit. It kind of ebbs and flows. I've talked to some board game and card game inventors. Um, but and it took off there. And it might I think it might. I don't want people to assume it's not going to keep going after COVID. It might. It might. People might have done things with it. Oh, my God. Like hanging out with your family, having fun with your family. What a concept. Right. They're right. Like, no, right. we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. hopefully you can benefit from that regardless of what path you take. I think it's going to actually benefit a lot this year because people are starting to come back together and playing games as families. And this is a family game. I mean, it's it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because last year I didn't expect to sell any during COVID, but I actually sold out. I had, I think, mm-hmm. 350 or 400 left and they sold out. 
So that really, that really <laughs> caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to sell any. So I don't know what happened there. But this year should be, I think, is I'm predicting that it's going to be even bigger than, than last year or the year before. Down below in the link, guys, do you want them to go to your Amazon page or your website? We'll put them both down below. Either one's yeah. fine to buy from? Either one's fine. They're both okay. linked together, yeah. All right, good deal. But, um, yeah, I I think that uh, people need to get back together with their families more. People are going COVID crazy now. They just want to get out, Yeah, you know. And I think it's a great opportunity for you this Christmas. Pe- Christmas is going to be crazy this year. Everybody that didn't yeah. get together before is going to get together, and there's going to be more flying and more families together than ever before. Um, Because they miss their family that much. And I think it's a great opportunity for your product. So, guys, get ahead of the curve. Buy Todd's product down below. (laughs) And support support an inventor, okay? Sounds um, great. Todd, thank you. And good luck working on licensing your barbecue product. Thank you. um, And, uh, you know, just remind everybody to take care. Keep inventing. And we'll catch up with you guys next time. See you. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Bye-bye. They don't hang up there yet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's a great idea in each of us. But it's truly magical to see it come to life. Sharing your creativity with the world has never been easier. We can help. We can help.